Welcome to the Faith and Science Podcast. My name is Tyler Bublitz, and welcome back to the fourth Sunday of Easter for the week of April 22nd, 2018. This is a podcast where we go through the upcoming week for the ELCA Church, the readings, and look at them from a faith and science perspective and how these two can come together. As a forewarn, I am not an ordained minister, but my shameless plug is I use Working Preacher to help give me a lot of guidance in the going through these texts. And they're a great resource. If you haven't checked it out, I would highly, highly recommend it. But I'm excited to be back. We are, I'm out of the upper Midwest and we just had a huge spring snowstorm that everybody was essentially just seemed like it was either one, super perturbing people, or two, it was going to be the kind of the end of mankind. And outside of slowing some things down this last weekend, it really didn't do that much except give us snow. And I enjoy kind of seeing this. I enjoy kind of seeing this curveball that God gives us on a week-to-week basis. So, I'm excited. I hope you're excited. I hope that you're excited to have a great week as you prepare for leading whoever you're leading or preparing yourself just for the upcoming week in the church. And I think it's an interesting, fun little text to kind of get into this week. Our gospel text is out of John chapter 10 verses 11 through 18. This is kind of the good shepherd Sunday. So this is a very much of a good shepherd talking about how a good shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. And because how how much he cares and loves for his sheep. Whereas a hired hand, that's not necessarily the case. And we kind of get this beautiful, beautiful passage where we just kind of, we soak this in. It's the warm, fuzzy feeling of what we want, you know, God to be in our lives and, and what we want the faith to be. And I have an interesting comparison I, I've come up with this week with this. And I really kind of want to dive into that a little bit. The first reading, again, it's going to be a second, kind of a second piece I want to kind of get into because it's so, it's a really great piece. And I wish that we, we were going to actually spend more time on this. It's from Acts chapter 4, verses 5 through 12. And like we talked about last week, as we're working through Easter here, this Easter season, we will be dealing with Acts instead of having an Old Testament reading, which is good. I think it's a book that hasn't get enough attention, but I would also say I wish this Sunday there was an Old Testament reading, and I'll get into that. But it's this text where we have Peter and John are in front of Copernicus and the you know the high priest family in Jerusalem as they have just healed this man from last Sunday outside the temple and they're kind of questioning him and Peter kind of goes through after being filled with the Holy Spirit as it states kind of explaining how you put to death Jesus Christ of Nazareth we we are just fulfilling the mission of what he is and starting in verse 11 this is Jesus the stone that was rejected by you the builders it has become the cornerstone there is no there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among the mortals by which we must be saved and actually i wish this reading was the whole chapter 4 and i'll and we'll talk about it a little bit more but it's this really cool powerful reading um, very spirit-filled, if you want to put it that way. 
to empower us, the reader, uh, to go out and share the message. And I think it's it's a verse that I think we'll definitely will be seeing a lot of sermons built around this last week. The psalm is Psalm 23, the very familiar, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. It's a psalm that we probably have heard hundreds and hundreds of times, and it's a very, it's a realistic metaphor of, of, the, of the life of a Christian, I feel. And it's also, you know, if you're looking at it from a science perspective, it's exactly kind of how a sheep would feel. It's very well written. Very, very well written. The second reading is out of 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 24. And again, it's this whole idea of talking about how the love of Christ is so important and how we must follow and obey the love of Christ. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before Christ, and we receive from him whatever we ask because we obey his commandments and do what pleases him, verses 21 through and 22. It's this this boldness that we keep kind of getting to, and that's where I feel a lot of sermons are probably going to go around that route. Now, I want to get into that a little bit, but what I first want to get into is actually with this gospel text, because we get the, this this beautiful metaphor of a sheep and a shepherd, and we can easily, I think, relate to that kind of as an adult and child or, you know, as we go through these. But I think there's also a tie here that John is making in my opinion, to Genesis that I don't think gets brought in enough. For me, one of the biggest things, I I feel that there's so much that we can get out of those first two chapters in Genesis, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. Uh, sucker for me being an environmentalist, but I think there's a lot there that doesn't get covered as well. And I know it's something we've kind of brought up before, but I want to do a little bit of a deeper dive into that. And if you look into the Genesis 2 story, we have a couple things that kind of come out. Once we have kind of the whole creation kind of start to be, and in this creation story, man's kind of there and God determines that he needs a helper, needs a partner. So he brings all these animals to him and he names them and then finds that he hasn't found one good enough, so then he makes one out of the rib of Adam. But I think that the the context in which we miss here is the naming. The naming. And, and the reason I bring this up, I actually had a, a friend of mine, had her, her son doing a project, and so asked me some questions, and it was actually talking about illegal poaching, and I kind of got into this because I know that they have a faith background, and so I kind of dove into this a little bit, talking about how, what a gift it was for us, one, that God gives us this responsibility of naming the animals. Think about it in the aspect of if you go through a whole pregnancy and went to you know, where they decided, okay, it's time to name the child. What are you going to name the child? And you said, well, I'm going to wait until the child's old enough and the child's then going to choose the name and it'll let you know. It's just a little bit awkward, a little bit weird. It's one of these things where if you think about it, God does 99% of the work and we get to name the animal. It, you know, it's it's not what we see out in nature. We don't see this even in science. When you create, you know, when you discover something, you get to name it. It's not like the community gets to name it, uh, with few exceptions. 
So I think it's one of these very unique things, and I, it's one of the things I kind of have pondered and done a lot of thought about, and I think there's a, a distinct reason why that happens, and it's for us to have this connection with God's creation, to have this connection to what God has done for us so that we might connect with him. And I think we, when we look back with, those, with that lens on John's text here, I think it's it's showing the contrast of what God was was striving for. We have this I am the good shepherd, you know, where he's willing to lay down his life for his sheep because of the love that he has for us, you know, and, and ties in so beautifully into Psalm 23, you know, that he, you know, he leads us beside still waters, you know, and then he calms us like a good shepherd would. But I would say in the same breath that in Genesis 2, when God is having us name the animals, isn't that part of this? Isn't this then, you know, this is Jesus walking out what we should be doing. And it, and then it's you reflect back on that and how you can argue without, I think, too much of a strength. We've failed. We do okay at it, I think, is is putting it lightly. But we, we have struggled with this idea of being able to connect with with nature and i and again it's it's this passage of trying to connect with god but i think it's also this passage of trying to understand all of god's characteristics and i think if we're going to put you know look at a beautiful sunset and be able to say well look at the the creator look at his painting then we need to be able to say look at these trees look at the you know look at these designs these blueprints that we're seeing consistently around us and admiring that and appreciating that and so I, I think it's a, it's a great thing to kind of ponder and think about. And actually, I want to I want to start something new this week. To be perfectly honest, I just opened a Twitter account for the podcast. I don't have a logo, don't have any followers, so feel free to follow. It's Faith and Sci Pod. So Faith and S C I P O D, and it'll be come up as the Faith and Science Podcast. And tweet at me. What, where do you see God? What are the different ways that you see God? And I don't want, I would even say if you're in the upper Midwest in this time of snow, where are you seeing God right now? And if you're around the world, where are you seeing God right now? I want to kind of start this kind of interaction, kind of having these questions. I know it's something I kind of harp on to this whole big idea. I would love to hear different ways that you guys are seeing God out in wherever you are. How are you seeing God? And then I'm going to get into this Acts reading, which I think, spend some time and read the whole chapter, because I don't think we really get the whole story. At least read through verse 22. I would read verses 1 through 22. We get the whole thing of, you know, Peter and John are coming before these religious leaders of Jerusalem after here, you know, healing this, and we get the end then of of Peter's speech, and I would argue 13 through 22 are as as important as that other context, because they find that there's really nothing that they can do, and they're just trying to suppress the word, to suppress the word. And I, I just find it really interesting, as we've talked about so many different things in the past, we've talked about how at times science is the opposite, where we're so worried about getting the word out so quickly that we've made some errors along the way. And if you think about it, there's a lot of things where that's not the case. If you actually want to look into one of the interesting things about, I know I'm going to bring up the one of the big 
crunchers with faith and science darwin his evolution of species paper he sat on for actually quite a while uh and was actually had told his wife that this is something to publish after i'm gone as essentially his retirement gift uh for her or you know as his death gift to her if you want to put it knowing that it was going to change how things were looked at and and was a had the ability at least to help her uh, survive after he's gone. So it's this, these ideas, if you think about it, this is kind of weird. <laughs> and if you think about it in in the world that we're in, we're, we're, you know, Facebook's on trial right now questioning where are we getting our news from? Where are we getting our stuff from? And, and to have, in a way, you're looking at what we're experiencing right now happening in acts that they're feeling threatened by what's going on you know and i know it's something for me I, that i don't know what is all going on right now and there's parts of me that feels what should i feel about everything that is going on worldwide not just even in the united states worldwide what what is all how should we feel? And it's one of these things that I think it's it I can take comfort in of one knowing I have this Lord and Savior who is here with me. But I think too, when we look through history and look at these people of faith and what different things were going on in their lifetimes and how they were probably feeling the same way. And so I think that's that's encouraging to go through. So I would encourage at least spending some time looking at this and and. It, feeling this out. I know it's one of the things where there isn't, it's kind of backwards to how we see the re- a lot of things in in the world, but I think in a way it's also the same way we see things in the world. I, I, I was hard to find like a science context that really comes in because science is wanting to just share and share and share and share and share. And if you want to say it, that's what Peter and John are doing. And at times, if science is, it's one of the complexes that you'll find throughout. If science is good, it's all right, let's share it, let's talk about it. But the moment we say something that's perceived possibly as a negative context like climate change it's one of the things where well suppress 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 and and science is wrong but science is great if it's it's helping me and if you think about it it's actually a very similar context here coming off the top of my head of kind of what's going on here They, they crucified this man they were trying to suppress the the culture and what was going on in jerusalem that week the it was Political tensions were already high. I'd reference back to watching that PBS clip I linked a couple weeks ago. It was the second Sunday. I linked it in that one because it was the week after Easter. Talking, of, it talks about they they used a Jewish scholar of the time talking about how political tensions were high. And one of the arguments that they brought up with Judas was, was Judas trying to turn him in so that they could just kind of like put him in like a holding cell or something just to keep to temper down what was going on so that nothing bigger happened you know and that's part of what the crucifixion of christ was from the roman perspective tensions are high this guy's been doing some crazy stuff this week and let's just let's get rid of this guy and then it it comes back here in acts how okay they killed them and then these guys that they get recognized as as ordinary uneducated uh uneducated and ordinary men out of verse 13 but that they're also were companions of jesus and they're using his name to help this man and so they don't know what 
to fully feel. They're trying, they're, they thought they took care of this problem. It's one of these things too. It's, you know, you can easily have the love context and how Christ loves us story come through. But I think there's also a deeper meaning that can come out of, especially this Acts reading, that can really speak to what is going on right now. And I would really recommend if you are leading something this week to really consider adding in those additional verses. I think there's a lot of voice that comes through in those verses that's encouraging to see the early church of 5,000 believers going through the exact same stuff that the church and the world are going through right now. So, again, I would love to hear what your thoughts are on where are you seeing God. Let's just say this week, you can tweet at me, you can shoot me an email, uh, and we'll see if I if I get some good responses. I can try bringing those up in next week's podcast. I'm excited about this new little feature to kind of get some interaction with you guys and gals. And what what are your thoughts? What are your concerns? What are different things that are going through your head as you listen to this 26-year-old guy ramble about faith and science. But again, I am ex- I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad that you tuned in. I'm glad you listened this far. And we'll wrap it up as we always do. I pray God blesses you through your faith and amazes you through science.